terms of tangible goals, oh man, I'm so excited, guys. Like, things are picking up. It's March 13th, 2018. Tuesday, no school today. Boston Public Schools. You know, hip hop lost an iconic voice. You want to talk about style? Craig Mack was style. Um, you know, I started off this episode, this podcast with, um, can I get down? Cause that was the first record from Craig Mack that I heard. And, you know, we're going back to like my freshman and sophomore year in high school, the golden era. And, um, from what I know is that Craig Mack was under, is an individual that understood that dreams are tangible goals. Um, he had an opportunity. Um, he was working with um, the Def Squad, which was DOS FX, EPMD, K Solo, and they were having a great run. But with the advent of the EPMD breakup, uh, Craig Mack never had an opportunity to utilize that platform. But rumor has it, not rumor, but uh, former bodyguard of uh, EPMD or someone brought a uh, mixtape to Diddy and Diddy heard some material and Puff Daddy signed Craig Mack and now you have what years later the Flavor of Your Air remix Legendary and I mean if you want to go into context ladies and gentlemen how often and when do we even hear posse cuts or like more than three or five, six different individuals jump on records nowadays and get busy. Last record I kind of remember was probably the Time Ticking Joint. Dave East, Jewel Santana. But um, to make a make a long story short, yeah, um, celebrate Craig Mack. Man had an amazing, amazing career. And... Um, Bear with me one moment. Yeah. What a classic record. Classic record. We're talking about Flavor of the Year, Flavor in Your Ear remix. LL Cool J. Rampage. Busta. Craig Mack. I mean, Titans on that record. In the track world, we do a little segue. I'm pretty impressed with a kid from Massachusetts, Ryan Ousting. Ousting, Ousting, I I keep butchering the kid's name. He's from Arlington, Mass. You know, some say he's going to be the greatest runner in Massachusetts history, but he's on his way. Nine minutes. In the two mile, came in second place to Brody Hasty from Trentonwood, Texas, I think, who's one of the premier runners in the country last weekend at the New Balance Nationals at the New York Armory. So, uh, yeah, Massachusetts, <clears throat> we're going to talk about track and field. Massachusetts, my home state, did very well. want to give a special shout out to a few teams that ran. 
you know, the Marshfield boys, four by mile, Lowell, four by mile, Wellesley, four by mile, you know, uh, ran well. Uh, shout out to Lexington, Sprint Medley, uh, made an All-American status. So, you know, pretty well. Massachusetts teams fared pretty decent. Lincoln sub every four by eight, ran a sub uh, eight minutes. So I'm really looking forward to uh, what the season, meaning the outdoor season, beholds here in Massachusetts. <clears throat> there was a talent from Needham, Devontae Burnett, who didn't get to run. His name would have been an All-American status in the sprints, the shorter sprints. Um, so, yeah, I'm pretty, pretty proud to see... Uh, Massachusetts do its thing on the national level. As we stay in the national level, moving up to the next level in regards to the NCAA's collegiate, what can we say about the 400-meter specialists in Sidney McLaughlin and Michael Norman, two young stars who, you know, Sidney McLaughlin, under 20 world record, 50.36, I think, and Michael Norman, indoor world record, 44, then anchors the US, USC, the University of Southern California, 4x4 four four boys team to a world record three-minute flat, 4x4. Four four. So, you know, as an American and as a fan of track and field, you know, I'm so ecstatic to see the future of the 400. You know, uh, last week... Prior to that, Poland men set shockways by running, you know, I think 301 for the world record. And I went on to letsrun.com, a very, very popular website. And um, I noticed fellow Americans not really giving props to the Poland boys. But if you know track and field, it's it's who's ready to run. It's who re who's ready to roll and uh the Poland boys rolled, and they ran a phenomenal time, and all credit due. But I'm glad a week later, here in the States, Michael Norman and his peers at University of Southern California put on a show, set a statement. Sidney McLaughlin, with her performance, gives me, you know, so much... Jubilation, like I'm looking forward to Tokyo. Like 2020 is gonna be bananas. Like America's gonna have some quality athletes representing in track and field. So, you know, for those out there who are listening, if you're starting your career, depending on your age, we're currently in the transition of indoor and outdoor season. Track and field. They just had the high school national championship as well as the collegiate national championship. In the next week or so is the first official practice here in Massachusetts. The rule is March 19th. So I want to invite you, you, all of you out there, all who's listening, all you runners, like what are your short-term and your long-term goals? But when you're writing your short-term and long-term goals, this doesn't apply to just runners. But I just happen to be a track coach. But it's important to speak things 
into existence and write down your short-term and your long-term goals. Three years ago, I had a long-term goal is that I saw a void. I was an assistant coach. I was a volunteer coach because my close friend, brother from another, Saeed Ahmed, held two state records, uh, 600,000, ran at the University of Arkansas, professional career at Nike. Saeed Ahmed, you know, knew that I was back home from my New York, <laughs> my New York music career. And he uh, asked me if I would help him be a coach at uh, South Boston High School. This was in 2012, going into 2013. And at that time, and I've been so removed from track and field, uh, I just got back around the sport and fell in love right back into the kid and the competitor that I was at 17 years old. But this time, you know, uh, it was 2013. The boys' indoor mile leader in the BPS League was running 13-minute mile. Shout out to my man, Jose Harry, who was a middle linebacker and fullback for East Boston High School. And his coach just threw him in a two-mile. No disrespect to my football players, but middle linebackers should never win a two-mile high school event. And the time was 13 minutes. There was a new athletic director, Avery Aisdale, who I started building my rapport with. And eventually by outdoors, I said, you know what? I said, we should bring cross country back. And uh, he was like, if we're going to bring back cross country in the city, uh, do you have a skeleton team? Like, do you have any candidates that are willing to run? And of course, I was like, yes. Second, he was like, well, what's your budget? And I put together, you know, a few, do a few invitational meets, and it was enough for the city to fund cross country. So moving forward, the first few athletes that joined the team, I always knew that they would be the first kids that would call me coach. I'd be their first head coach, and I'd always be, uh, forever grateful because our journey would be long. Long-term girls, I wanted to make sure that these young men and women would graduate high school. That was my goal. That was the long-term goal. Another long-term goal to develop these individuals into champions. Champions in life, not just on the track, but become you know, better student athletes, better sons to their parents better friends to their friends, be a better older brother or older sibling. But the point was all about self-development. I'm happy to say that uh, those goals have been achieved. The three captains of that team have all now been accepted to college. And I'm like so ecstatic, like, you know, dreams and tangible goals. I was hard on those boys, but they took it like champs, meaning like they were beginner runners. We were running Division One cross-country in Massachusetts versus the elite programs. I threw my boys in the fire. I threw my boys in the ocean with the sharks, and I expected them to swim. And through that, we developed character. 
We got destroyed. But we kept on becoming resilient. We kept on becoming stronger. We kept on fighting. We got better as a program. We got better as a team. And, you know, to look back and see the growth of these young men and women truly, truly inspires me to continue what I'm doing and just to nail it in the coffin that, yo, dreams are really tangible goals. So big shout out to co-captains Gustavo Novelli Rudy, Sean Dykins, and now most recently Nazir Rivera. These boys and the rest of their peers, and we'll mention some other names in other episodes, but right now, I'm going to give a shout out to the ones that got, you know, a few acceptance letters. And that's what it's all about. That's what's how we change this world. It's not that every child will be the vex, the next uh, Usain Bolt, the next Mo Farah. But the, each child has an opportunity. Each one of us has an opportunity to be the best us, the best you, the best version of you. And... um yeah, I'm really amped that these boys are moving on to the next level. And it's all about execution. So check us out, dreamsoftangiblegoals.com website. You know, the podcast is starting to move on different platforms. We're on Google Play now, Overcast, iTunes. Subscribe, subscribe, subscribe. Spread the word. And um, yeah, episode three is a quick rap rest in peace to Craig Mack